The following program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Family Face Ministries. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Revolutionary Family with Dino and Jody. And today on podcast number five, we have a somewhat special topic or a special event or a special situation that we're kind of highlighting. And of course, you know, as always on The Revolutionary Family, our 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 mission, of course, at Family Face Ministries is to restore the face of the family. But the the laser-like focus of, of this podcast is to help you start a family revolution in your home by taking practical Bible topics, tips, pointers, and applying them in your lives and your family to start a family revolution in your home. And so, of course, our goal is to strengthen the family, and part of the family, obviously, is the marriage, the husband and wife relationship, and that covenant between them. And so, let's talk about this special topic. What is it, Jody? So, we're dedicating this podcast to National Marriage Week, which is February 7th through the 14th. All right. And it's a campaign nationally to help marriages and bring an awareness to marriage um, to encourage married couples, husband and wives, to get involved in marriage events in their area. And so they can go to nationalmarriageweekusa.org and they can find all different marriage events that are going on in their area at different churches and different community organizations that are hosting to... Strengthen marriages. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an amazing week <clears throat> to get plugged into and bring an awareness to marriage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To just, uh, you know, publicly educate, educate, excuse me, educate people on the, on the benefits of marriage, the traditional God-ordained marriage of a husband and a wife, and, and what those benefits are. And it, and it, ties into our ministry so much with, you know, strengthening the family. And a family starts off as a marriage, right? A husband and a wife. And then yes. kids come after that. Usually. Yeah. Well, usually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> usually. And um, so, I mean, that that's the, the beginnings of a family unit, a husband and a wife. And when you strengthen that, you, you, you see the consequences of it, the effects of it, they're good consequences. Right. And they ripple throughout the community. They ripple throughout the church, s- the church uh, our- through, throughout society, throughout business. Uh, you know, employers prosper when they have employees that have healthy home lives. Right. And, and so we just thought it was really cool. We were kind of poking around on their website, nationalmarriageusa.com. Had a fleeting thought, but okay. Org. Oh, sorry about that. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't take a breath and Shit's let you. It's already speak. gone. <laughs> okay. 
But it does say in the National Marriage Week, I thought this was quite interesting. Time Magazine on March 5th, 2012 says, quote, we have launched highly effective public education campaigns on much less momentous issues from smoking to recycling. For now, though, the decline in marriage is our most ignored national crisis. Hmm. The decline in marriage is our most ignored national crisis. That's and that's from, from Time. Time Magazine. Wow. Look at that. Wow. Look Isn't that, that amazing? They actually recognize that. <clears throat> yeah, so we, we just wanted to read a few um, bullet points, a few research topics, a few statistics. We're, we're not um, huge statistics thrower-outers, but, but these are pretty interesting and... We found this on their website, the National Marriage Week website. And here, listen to just a few of the benefits of marriage. It says this, married adults live longer lives, have better health, and greater personal happiness. Children raised by both parents at home perform better in school, have less addiction, and less teen pregnancy, and less trouble with the law. (laughs) Well, marriage is the unsung anti-poverty program, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that here. Married adults have more wealth and financial stability. Hmm. Wow. And healthy marriage saves U.S. taxpayers costs of $112 billion per year for divorce and unwed childbearing. Oh, my goodness. That's, uh, that's staggering. So it says here we can do better. There's been a huge decline in married adults from 79% in 1970 to 57% in 2013. Um, U.S. births to unwed mothers grew from 5% in 1960 to an alarming 41% in 2008. Yikes. Wow, that's huge. You know, I want to do, um, do a podcast in the future about the importance of fathers and it's mm. going to and it's going to you know hearken to that statistic right there so remind me about that please all right all right, right, all right. it says white working class us children living with both parents declined from 96% in 1962 to only 37% wow, in 2004 huge, mm-hmm. huge. And um, never married Americans soared nearly fourfold from 21 million in 1970 to 77 million in 2012. Now, how about these statistics about um, the importance of having both parents, Jode? Children need both parents, mom and a dad. Teen birth rate for girls when their father leaves before they are six years old is 35%. Seven times the rate from when fathers stay married. Wow. And boys without fathers at home are twice as likely to end up in prison. Hmm. Twice as likely to end up in prison. Whoa. All right. And then, okay, so here's, this is going to touch on the whole anti-poverty program that marriage is and how it benefits, um, benefits us financially. Um, statistics show that we'd have 25% less poverty today if we had the marriage rates that we had in 1970. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Only 2% chance of poverty if you finish high school, work full-time, and postpone marriage and childbearing until the age of 21. 
77% chance of poverty if you don't do these three things. Wow, that's pretty dramatic. And this one here in the U.S., marriage drops probability of child poverty by 82%. So there's um, a summary of, of some of the statistics they have posted on their website about the importance of marriage and... and um, you know we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about marriage and today what you know what you can do to I think it goes back to the whole Nehemiah story that you shared a couple podcasts ago that if you have healthy marriage healthy family we're gonna have healthy community healthy churches but also healthy society and those building blocks of families being the building blocks of society and you had said in the past that a dictators know, the bad dictators throughout history, know if they can take out the family, that they can win, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I've seen it quoted from Joseph Stalin. I don't know if it's a true quote. I don't know if it's just a, you know, an urban legend. But he basically said, yeah, if you can take out the family, you can take out a society. And... um whether that's a true, accurate quotation of his or not, I don't know, but it makes a lot of sense. Right. But in the Bible, we have an enemy, right? Satan, who is out to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's out to kill, steal, and destroy family. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he knows if he takes that out, then he's going to take out the whole church. Yeah, yep. And it'll it'll have the, the ravaging effects that we just read to you, you know? Unbelievable how... Not doing it God's way, <laughs> things kind of fall apart. But uh, but when you do it God's way, you, you see you see a difference. So well, thankfully, you know, when Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit, when He went back up to be with the Father, and we have the Bible, which is life's instruction book to follow from. And I know a lot of times people go, "Oh, the baby was born, and we don't have any instruction book, no manual to go." with the baby to raise this baby, but really we do. We have God's word that's alive, breathing, sharper than a two-edged sword who, that comes in and transforms our lives, and that's what God's word did to our marriage, transformed mm. yep. our marriage after many, many years of cold wars and fighting. Yeah, yeah. And so knowing that we have that example, it's pretty common for people to not look at that example that we have in the Bible, right? We see a lot of people um, looking at other marriages and, and going, wow, I wish, you know, mine was like that. Or, you know, looking at your pastor, looking at your neighbor, or maybe you're saying, I wish mine wasn't like my neighbor's or, you know, <laughs> what, <laughs> True. you know, um, but we had just talked about this with um, a young couple that are getting married in a couple of weeks. Yeah, Mark and Hannah, and we said, "How was how was your parents' marriage?" Right on both sides, and they both said, "Oh yeah, we had really good examples with with our parents modeling a really good marriage." And mm-hmm. we said, "That's awesome," but there's still even in a really good flaws, right? Where we're always we're on a journey becoming more like Jesus while we're here on earth and going back to the perfect marriage, Christ and the church. That's the perfect 
perfect marriage model for us to follow. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody has parents that have a good marriage or had a good marriage. Right. Not even everybody has both parents, right? Right. So, so, you know, we see from those statistics, kids are coming from broken homes, single moms or single dads, however it is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's not, it's not their fault in a lot of, in, in those situations. It's not the, the kid's fault right. that they're raised in that, but they don't have that model of what a good marriage should look like. Right. And, and you and I didn't have those models. No. At all. No. But the, the awesome thing is, like you said, God gave us, everybody has access to the Bible. Everybody has this model. <laughs> um, and if you don't have a Bible, give us a call and we'll get you one in your yeah, hands. And, sure. and we know um, many others that will help, you know, get that, get that perfect model into your hands. But there is a manual for marriage. There is a manual for raising a family, and it's the Holy Bible, the Word of God. And well, today you can access it right on your phone, <laughs> right? Which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, most people have some sort of ability to access the Bible, and so we want to be careful that we're measuring ourselves to the right standard. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right, and and so. <laughs> Let's read this verse. You want to read it, Joe? The um, Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse twelve. Sure. It says, "For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves, and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise." Woof! A lot of themselves. It is. It's funny though. That's kind of like. <laughs> Kind of like how our society is all about themselves, right? But <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> themselves, themselves, themselves. What? What are they? What's? What's that trying to tell us? What is Paul trying to tell us? The Apostle Paul in that uh, not to compare yourselves, measure yourselves up to other people, right? Yeah. Yep. Don't use the the human standard as your standard. Don't. Hey, I've fallen. To, I've fallen in the past to this, which you just said. I've never done that before, but <laughs> you know, we met a couple, and you know, she was all about, "Oh, my husband's so dreamy." I tell the neighbor all the time how dreamy he is, and you know, it. Our marriage is so awesome, and we do this and we do that, and I'm going, "Man, we don't do that." What dreamy? I don't know. Can I say my marriage is so dreamy all the time? <laughs> and I was like, man, I want to be more like them. And I totally fell for it, right? Fell for the lie. That, mm. And really, after we got to know this couple for a while, behind the scenes, there's a lot of junk going on. And um, there's just really this fake, what do you say, facade mm-hmm. that they were projecting to people that they had this amazing marriage and everything was perfect and everything was great. And yet behind the scenes, you know, there's a lot of depression and anxiety and the husband wasn't happy and he's rolling his eyes about, you know, his wife. And so we're like, oh, okay. So I think sometimes when we can't be transparent, yeah, we have issues too, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. 
Um, I think a lot of times people will hide behind this perfect um, facade of, oh, our marriage is so great, but yet it's falling apart behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. And so you kind of made a joke about what I said. Yeah, what did you say? <laughs> well, okay, this, this is going to sound really bad, but I'm not afraid to be transparent with you guys listening. But uh, what I said is, I can honestly say I've never had that thought. When, okay, this is just how guys, well, this is just how, how, I, you operate. how I think. Yeah. Okay, when Jody said, oh, I wish I had a marriage like that, I said, well, Jody, I can honestly say I've never had that thought. <laughs> um, I mean, of course I want to have a good marriage, but I don't know. I'm just that, not that kind of like, oh, dreamy, you know, fantasizing about those kind but of I things. But I think women can fall to that. Yeah. I mean, we even know a pastor that was counseling a couple, and he comes into the counseling session, and, and the wife goes, but he's not acting like Jared. He's not loving me like Jared. And the pastor's like, who's Jared? Oh, it's Jared's on the soap opera I watch every day of the week. Yeah. You know, and he's so romantic and woos his wife. And but that's not even reality. No. That's an actor who walks off of this stage or scene and probably has been divorced three times and has a horrible... <laughs> Yeah, probably probably a horrible marriage, or if they're married if at all. Married at all, yeah. Yeah, but um, she was comparing her marriage to an imaginary soap opera. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that story. That's a good one. Wow. Yeah, and the guy just, you know, the husband sitting there next to his wife being counseled by the pastor. He he just uh, the pastor said he just had this like. He shook his head like, you know, how can I even live up to that? Exactly. <laughs> Just shook his head. Oh, no. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we want to have our eyes on the right standard. And, and so what is the right standard? Should we, uh, should we read that? The Bible has that yeah, one in here, too. read that, Bible. It is in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. And I'm going to start at verse 31. And read through 32, it says this. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So, Jody and I call this the great marriage verse. This is the, the perfect marriage verse, or, you know, the description. Perfect example. The perfect example, mm -hmm. right? Christ and the church. And... You know, the Bible talks about Jesus is the bridegroom and he's, his, his bride is the church and he's coming back for a perfect, perfect church, a perfect, perfect bride. And, and so here's the model. Actually, if you rewind all the way back up to verse 21 in Ephesians chapter 5, it goes through a picture of what that that marriage of Christ and the church looks like. And look at this um, in 21. You know, if you listened to us last week, you'll know that we talked about submission. And right here it says, and further, submit to one another 
out of reverence for Christ. Look at that. We talked about submission last week mm-hmm. and it, you know, not necessarily being wives submit to your husband. This right here says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and you're actually submitting to God. So um, there it is again, more Bible evidence. And then it says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. So, so there is a picture of, of godly submission, right? Um, and we talked about position, and, and there is positions, and God gives the man the, the headship, right? The, the leadership in the household. And so um, it's not a, you know, dominance position. It's not a, I lord it over everybody and you must submit to me. It's, it's, a, it's a reverence, right? There's, the man should be... Um, loving. A loving respectful, honorable leader in the household. And he's going he's gonna to draw that out of his wife and out of his family, that reverence and that respect and that submission. It'll just come out of them. He doesn't right? have to demand it, right? <clears throat> doesn't, yeah, we never demand it. Don't, don't you dare, guys, go to your wives and say, hey, look, the Bible says you got to submit to me. You better... Um, <laughs> you better submit yourselves, submit to each other, and submit to God, mm. and 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 then that that's going to naturally come out of following God's word. Well, I think submission. wives can go, but you're supposed to love me. Yeah, the Bible says so. Right here. Well, look at read it. Do you have the next the next one right here? For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Hmm. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's the whole, that's a whole nother podcast, but washing her with the water of the word. Right, right. But guys, it says, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, you know, and just like Jody said, <clears throat> wives, you're you're not supposed to say, look, the Bible says you're supposed to love me. We shouldn't be throwing Bible verses in our spouse's face. Um, we can pray for our spouse you, if they're not, you know, if you're not loving me or I'm not submitting to you, respecting you, we can take it to the Lord and say, hey, God, I am walking in obedience. I'm... You know, I'm praying for my husband as his eyes to be open to walk in love, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. instead of demanding it from from you. Yeah, and look at what this says, guys. Down in verse 28, it says, In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. I mean, come on, guys. Who doesn't love themselves, right? We're just... We're naturally selfish people. All, all humans are, right? All you gotta do is wake up in the morning. <laughs> we we tend to look out for ourselves. We tend to, you know, if it came down to it, you know, most people will probably, you know, choose taking care of themselves over someone else. That's how God says you're supposed to love your wife. The way 
you, you love yourself. And it says this, for a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. I think that's so awesome, so cool. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body. So, there you have it. We're back to the, um, the verse where we started, verse 31. And that is just a great picture, a great standard, a great example of what we should be comparing ourselves to for a marriage, the perfect model, the perfect. Because what happens, Jody, when we, I mean, you look at somebody and you think they have this awesome marriage. Maybe your parents did have a great marriage, you know, listeners out there. Um, you know, you had a great godly mother and father and, and, and they had a great marriage. We don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes, behind closed doors. What, what happens when we, when we model our marriage exactly like... We'll start re- reproducing their faults, right? Right. We won't, go, we won't be striving to be like Christ in the church. We'll reproduce some of their faults. Yeah. And yeah. if we don't know what the Bible says, then we could think, oh, yeah, this is what my mom and dad always did, and this is the right thing to do. But God's word might say that's totally against what God's saying in his word. You know, so I think we really need to go back to what does the word say? What does God's word say about marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, because we can like reproduce the faults of someone who we thought, oh, they have the perfect marriage. You know, but God's word has all the instructions to what marriage is supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no matter no matter how how good we think someone's marriage is pretty sure every human marriage has its challenges and um oh we still have challenges we're still on our journey what not us (laughs) it's a joke everybody okay well you used to think we had the perfect everything was going perfectly and i was behind the scenes going "Ah!" okay well i (laughs) i do tend to think a little more positive about situations than other people. Hey, hey, hey. So I'm just saying <laughs> other people in general. Okay. I, I try to look for the silver lining. I try to. But I think now we're like, how am I doing as a wife? How, you know, you ask, how am I doing as a husband? We'll ask our kids, how am I doing as a father? You know, getting, we may think we're doing great, but then the rest of us in the household may think, you're really hard to live with right now. Yeah, that was a tough lesson for me to learn. Because like I said, it's just natural for me to think that things are going pretty good, you know. And being but guys, a- if you want to know if your marriage is going good, ask your wife. <laughs> wives, It's a if, humble thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a very humble moment. <laughs> wives, if you want to know, well, if you want to know that your marriage is going good. <laughs> Okay, maybe it doesn't apply to wives, but husbands... No, wives, I can say, you know, how how am I doing as a wife? Do yeah, you, yeah, you know? right. It's a good checkup. It I don't know if it has to be an everyday thing, but it's a good a good check. It's definitely good to ask the kids, too, mm-hmm. because we think, oh, yeah, we're doing great as parents, and they're like, <clears throat> oh, my word. <laughs> What's gotten into you? <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well... That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> We have a lot of material to talk about here. Well, okay, so 
So just to recap, yeah, we don't want to compare ourselves to ourselves or to any human relationship, right? I think uh, you can pick some good things out, but make sure it lines up to the word, right? That's good. The, the final authority in our lives, God's word, right. the only standard. And um, so when it comes to marriage, look in Ephesians chapter 5 and check out the, the marriage chapter, the marriage verse, Christ in the church, the perfect marriage. And don't forget about marriage week. Right. Coming up. Plugged in. Just the week coming up to Valentine's Day, February 7th through the 14th. And um, go back on nationalmarriageweekusa.org and find a national marriage event in your area. Yeah. Yep. Because it's important. We heard the benefits and we thank you for listening. We just pray that it blesses your family and you can start a family revolution in your home. If you like this podcast, please share it with others because we believe it's going to make a difference. And subscribe, subscribe, and even leave us a review. We leave like us to a hear review. How we're doing as we've launched this podcast number five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We would appreciate the feedback, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And this is Dino and Jody on the Revolutionary Family. We'll see you next time. Family Face Ministries, our mission is to restore the face of the family. That means equipping families with the teaching and the tools that they need to succeed. You can support that mission with either a one-time gift or by becoming a recurring monthly partner. Your gift today will help keep families together. To give, visit familyfaceministries.org give or call us at 877-336-6540.